Welcome to a brand new episode of the Super More Bros Podcast, hosted by your favorite brother duo, I'm Mitch, and I'm Matt, where each week we bring you a dope guest or equip you with the skills to live life at the highest level. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Super More Bros Podcast. Mitch and I, you know, we're sipping that coffee. It's Friday morning. You guys are going to be listening to this three days from now, real time. We're trying to give you as close to live updates as possible. Sipping some morning coffee. We're having a good time. Enjoying ourselves. About to head into the weekend. Mitch, what is up, bro? Not much. I'm just excited for the weather to warm up here in Colorado. I'm excited for my one-year wedding anniversary this Saturday. Um, yeah, it's just I, I'm feeling a lot of momentum in life right now. Um, I had my best biz month in March. Mm. Uh, most I've been spending more time with God than ever before. Um, I feel like my marriage is at the best place it's ever been. Um, so I'm just continuing to grow and, and show up better. Um, so yeah, just a lot of momentum in life overall. So I'm, I'm excited to, to keep it going. You know, when you get that momentum rolling, you, you can't stop, uh, cause you'll lose it pretty quick. So you got to continue to, to chip away at all the, all the areas. So yeah, Hormozy, good time in life. Hormozy says it all the time. You know, when life gets easier, that's when you go harder. So it sounds like, you know, some things are clicking for you. Things are getting easier. Things are getting out of the way, I guess, in a sense. So now it's yeah. time to really hit the gas and go hard, but but one year in marriage, bro. We got a lot of young single dudes, including myself, here on this pod. <laughs> give us, give us yeah. a, give us a piece of advice. How have you done it? How have you found a, a woman? Stayed married for a year. What, <laughs> what's something you'd say to the to my mm-hmm. homies listening to this? You know who you are, Austin. You're one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's asking uh, for advice, bro. Yeah. He's gonna appreciate this. No, of course, of course. Um, yeah, oh, that's a good that's a good question. Um, I think, I mean, man, I mean, I was just, I got lucky with you know God bringing us together. Um, it was at a time when I wasn't even looking, you know, and I and I tell people that regularly. It's just like it does seem to ring true that when when you're not looking, the right person will come. And all right, uh, I'm done looking, and that. Yeah, and that's typically, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and it's typically, you know, because you, when you stop looking, then you pour that energy into yourself, mm. you improve yourself and you work on yourself. And then you become the type of person that attracts the person that you want. Mm. And uh, that, I mean, that I would start there for anybody uh, listening. And, and if you're listening, you're probably already that person. So just continue to pour into yourself, chip away on yourself. And, uh, and God will bring that person into your life whenever it's time. And and uh, when it's the right one, but um, uh, biggest piece of advice: listen to listen to your wife. <laughs> like that is probably my biggest piece of advice because she has been very uh, uh, communicative with me about just what she needs or what would be great for our relationship and just what would bring us closer. Like she uh, feels um, before I do when there's distance between us or just you know, any, any time that the relationship is drifting, if you will. And the only times that, you know, I have caused myself more problems is when I 
you know, stubbornly don't follow, don't listen or don't follow through or whatever it may be. So if you just listen intently, hear what she's trying to say to you, um, and then act on whatever that is and continuously do that, you'll have a, you'll have a great, uh, great relationship because I feel like most guys, we, you know, we're, we're in our own world most of the time. <laughs> And uh, we just don't pick up on a lot of the things that fee- that women pick up on. And uh, so just find, find a girl who's willing to communicate those things to you and, and be truthful with you, but also do it in grace. Um, and, and also to be firm, you know, whenever it's something that needs you need to hear, mm. you know, someone who's willing to tell you the things that you probably don't want to hear and may hurt your ego, mm. the things that you need to hear uh, that will help you grow and, and continue to lead the relationship well. So, um, yeah, I would say say listening and, and uh, following through on whatever that is is probably my number one piece of advice so far because I'm doing that better now than I, than I have ever before. And like I just mentioned, I feel like my my marriage is out of the best place it's ever been. So um, yeah, that that would be my number one piece of advice for everybody listening to this. Like, I don't want you to sit here listening to Mitch's advice, acting like he he's not acting like he's got marriage or relationships figured out by any means. Uh, and and that's for all of this advice we are giving. Like we are just giving you advice in real time, our perspective on the matter as it stands from our experience. That's all we have. So it's like, we're not two guys sitting here acting like we got business figured out. Like we got anything figured out. We are fucking learning ourselves. We are going through it ourselves. We're just sharing our experiences and our perspective. So I just want to preface with that. Somebody may be sitting here listening like, oh, you're only a year into marriage. You think you got this figured out? Like, I can totally see our dad saying that right now because he says it all the time. <laughs> like, that he's got way more life experience. That's his go-to. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just like – like Time uh, time does not equal experience. Shout out, Dad. We'll, I'll clip that send it <laughs> over to him. But um, oh man, but yeah, that, I'm just saying that in general, not not specifically at that. But yeah, I mean, just because you've time has passed, it doesn't mean that you have grown. Mm. Like that is, you know, it, it's as simple as that. Um, just because time is passing doesn't mean you're gaining wisdom. Doesn't mean you're growing. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, I think that yeah. one thing to add is just like uh, we were at you know in Nashville at this retreat and Newsom's place and him and his wife you know they're two powerful people and they work with other powerful people and Mm. we got the chance to ask his wife a question Gabe did and he said you know what would these young guys how do these young guys attract a powerful woman like you work with and she said you attract who you are not what you want so like you just said is just Mm. pour back into yourself become you know Mm. if, if you want somebody who's into faith if you want somebody who's who's been shaped like if you want somebody who's wealthy like if you want somebody who cares about the family or or is loving and compassionate like you attract who you are not what you want um so it's just it's just funny to you know you didn't necessarily know that she said that and and just hearing your raw advice hearing hers it's like two relationships that are i believe are powerful you know newsom and his wife and you and claire like two powerful loving relationships that i definitely look up to to hear that advice just run parallels like Got to be something there, you know, got to be something there. So love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, you you could tell um, just from the, what you shared with me about Newsom, how whenever she would walk in the room, he would say, you know, you got one, one 
question for the most brilliant woman on earth. Um, just that lifting up of of your spouse is a, is a big thing as well. Like you can tell that he's intentionally lifting her up in that moment and all uh, and sharing that. So every time, every time she yeah. came in the room and even when she was not there, it wasn't like he just did it in front of her either. When she was not in the room, somebody would mention his wife and he'd be like, Oh yeah, she's brilliant. Like just a most incredible woman. Like just constantly, anytime she was mentioned, he took it as an opportunity to just praise her and lift her up. And it was, it was because you know so many so many guys in today's world they take the opportunity to degrade like oh yeah ball and chain yeah. Or, oh yeah she won't let me out of the house yeah. or it's like it's like there's that hold on that that um, if we truly believe that the man is the leader of a relationship and is responsible for the relationship if you want to be the man like if you want to be if you want to claim yourself as the man then that is on you like the way that you the way that your relationship is the way that you speak about your spouse, like that's coming from uh, th that is a reflection directly on your leadership capabilities. So, and I've had to grow, grow in that, like just full honesty, like my yeah. leader, my leadership skills, you know, like we're not where I wanted them to be. They weren't where, weren't where I thought they were, you know, we have these blind spots that get revealed to us and, uh, and you, you just got to, sack up you know and it and it's uh not easy and you're gonna fuck up but ultimately at the end of the day it's a relationship of how well or it's a reflection of how well you're leading the relationship um and so and take that how you will something to add to that is like you correct me if i'm wrong here but i don't think a reflection of your leadership that doesn't mean a reflection of your words it's a reflection of your actions like i feel like a lot of people hear that like oh it's on me as the man. Like I, I lead, I say how it goes. Like I say, like I use my words, <laughs> I step in and like, you're not going to treat me this way. You're not going to disrespect me. Like I'm the man, I'm the leader. It's like, no, these guys that have that respect in their relationship and truly lead their actions are the reason that they have their respect, not just their words. It's like, if you're somebody listening to this who lacks the respect. And I've seen this, this goes beyond marriages and intimate relationships. This goes to friendships. This goes to, any type of relationship is like your actions are absolutely everything. And that's, that's just something I wanted to yeah. point out is like, cause a lot of guys may hear that and think like, Oh, I'm the man, I'm the leader. I see how it goes. It's like, bro, you don't say shit if you don't have the <laughs> actions to back it up. Yeah. PD, uh, PD did a sermon on this because the Bible says that wives should submit themselves to the husband and husbands should submit, submit to, um, submit to Christ. Maybe I Wait, can't remember. Is exactly that, what is that is. in, in uh, John? But, I don't know, but um, the submission, the way he uh, expressed what the like root of the word means, it means to lift up. Mm. Like, it means to get under or no, it means to get under or something like that. But the way that he explained it was in order to get under something, you have to lift it up. Mm. And that is where the leadership can come from. It's like you're lifting them up and uh, that and that is... Uh, like you said, oh, I'm the leader. Like I, it, things go how I say because I'm the leader. You know, like that. That's not it. Like I have learned to lead by listening better, and by by following through on what she says she needs and what would be great for our marriage. Like it's me actually 
lifting her up by lowering myself and improving, you know, in, in the areas that she was bringing to. Me. Um, so it's not that it's just, Hey, this is my way or the highway. It's like, I'm leading by lowering myself and doing the things that she needs of me. So ironic you say that because I had this epiphany yesterday. Andre, you know, I, I'm going through this leadership mentorship that you know about with my man, Nick Anderson. Shout out, Nick. He's the GOAT. Incredible dude. But I had to ask some friends that I respect for just their their thoughts around me at my best. What is me at my best? And Andre said, you are a guy with few words. He said, few words. He said, you listen intently and then you have few words, but your words are very wise and intentional. And I'm like, me? Few words? Like, you know, my (laughs) mouth has never stopped moving. He's got to get to know you better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I just thought, I'm just kidding. I just over the weekend, like I was just like, it was a reflection because that just like hit me. Cause I was like me few words, like just sitting there thinking. And I was like, wow, I did just sit there and ask questions for probably 30 minutes before mm-hmm. I responded. I was just asking, 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 because what I was doing was just gathering, gathering, gathering. So I could give the best piece of advice. And before yeah. I think it was a place of insecurity in my ability to to lead when I was just spewing, just always spewing. It's because I was like, I saw it as like, how do you provide value? Well, your words are going to provide value. So what do you do? You provide words. And I was just constantly going into calls and just like dominating them and spewing. And maybe I'd say some good stuff, mm. but I wasn't saying the best stuff. And it was due to just an insecurity and, a, and like a wanting to provide value. I was just spewing, 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 spewing. Now I get on calls mm. and depending on the call setting for sure. But typically with the clients, I'm just asking, asking, asking. And then it's just like very short. Here's my advice. Boom, done. They're like, wow, that's incredible. But I've just noticed it's, it's such a shift. Like you said, you've became a better leader via listening. And I have had that epiphany literally just yesterday. Andre said that I was a man of few words and I'm sitting there like, yo, he does not know me at all, but I'm sitting there. I reflected back on the entire weekend, four days, five days living with him. And I was like, clearly there's some truth to this. He lived with me for five days. So I was like, wow, I see exactly why he would think that it's powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I've seen that in, in other leaders that I respect of just asking better questions. Like the the more wise the person you go to for advice, the more questions they will ask you before they give the advice. Yeah. In, in my experience. And that even rings true in the Bible. Um, I think it was Ash who said this to Claire, but it was like Jesus was asked like over 300 questions throughout his time on earth. And he only answered directly like three of them. The others he answered with another question. Mm. So he was always, he, his ratio to questions asked versus questions answered was like one to 100 or something, something crazy like that. So um, that is just, I mean, that's the most wise leader right there. Like that's our example. And that, that's who, you know, where we want to strive to be. Like, are you asking a hundred questions before giving one answer? Probably not. Um, And that's something that I've improved at. Uh, as well. But um, back to the respect thing, because I just remembered this. So our uh, Claire and I uh, went went to therapy a few times. 
now, and uh, he recommended a book called Love and Respect. Mm. And it was talking about the love, it's the love that the woman needs and the respect that the man needs in a, in a marriage, in a relationship. Um, so I'll just say this, if, if you feel like you're being disrespected by your significant other, or I guess wife in this case, because the guy is probably going to be the one that will say he's feeling disrespected and the woman will say that she's feeling unloved. Um, <clears throat> wow, look at this guy. Read that book. That Just read that book. Just read, just read it, get it, buy it, love and respect and, and read that book. And it, you'll see that typically the lack of respect is a reciprocation of your lack of love. Mm. So, wow. The man, that's how the man needs to lead. And that's how I, I've been improving over the last, even just last couple months, like it's the last month or so really like, so yeah, read that book. That's powerful. But anyways, don't, don't want to take us back there, but. It is a powerful, powerful book. Yeah, it's rooted in in the Word too. It's rooted in the Bible. But a point on asking deeper questions, because Gabe, at the retreat, he asked me, you know, what's your biggest piece of advice to connecting with other people? And I said, the depth of your relationships is determined by the depth of your questions. It's like when you get in these hard conversations, you ask extremely deep questions. And I said, but the problem is. Most people, most people, not not necessarily guys like us, but most people lack the self-awareness to take themselves deep. So you have to guide them there. And I think that's why we're able to connect so deeply with people who have self-awareness around their values and who they are and the things that have happened to them and how they see the world and, and what they're trying to achieve and, and their godly vision. Like Like the people who know who they are and where they're going and they know what they stand for, we are able to connect so deep. It's because I don't have to guide them to that depth. They're already there. So guess what? We can just go deeper than that. So you're able to get the values out and across early, whereas the average person, the normal person, it's like they don't have the self-awareness to go deeper. They lack the values in the depth of themselves, that self-awareness. So your questions are going to guide them deeper. It may take a little longer, but if you continue asking them questions and know how to guide that conversation, it's like, and I had a guy come up to me after I gave that advice to the entire group. And he goes, I get what you're saying. Like the, the deeper the questions, the deeper the relationship, but how, like, how do you do it? And I said, all right, so tell me what you do for work. And he's like, oh, I'm an astrophysicist. And I'm like, okay, well, where did the passion come in for that? And he's like, well, when I was a kid, he said, I used to sit and watch the stars with my dad. That's what developed this like passion for that. And I was like, okay. And I started just asking him, I said, I started asking him about his childhood and where that passion derived from and his time with his dad watching the stars. Boom, we're five minutes in and we're talking about some of his like deepest core memories of his childhood with his dad. I said, see how just like one guided question about where your passion from your work came in, it took it straight to a whole nother level. We're talking about your childhood now. It was like, I think that derives from just genuine interest in wanting to get to know the other person. Like you genuinely, most people just listen to respond. It's like, Mitch is going to say something to me. I need to provide value to him. Okay. What, what can I say to provide value? What can I say to provide value rather than just what can I do to actually understand what he's saying and how, how he got to what he's saying, whether it's work, whether it's mm -hmm. his marriage, whether it's his struggle he's in, like, how did he get there? 
It's like the genuine interest in actually understanding that person will bring about the right questions. If you're genuinely just curious and seeking that depth, you'll naturally take it deeper. Next thing you know, you'll you'll have the answer. At least, at least I do. I don't. But I think mm. it comes with a genuine interest in wanting to connect and understand that person rather than just looking to respond. Better yeah. percent. That's one of the seven habits of highly effective people. Seek to be or seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Those I read that book. I've read that is one of the few books I've read. I haven't read many books, but like I feel like a lot of those books don't hit until you're ready for them to hit. Like I read that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ah, uh, like I could yeah. probably reread a lot of those books and they would probably hit a lot better. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's kind of like what Hormozy says. Like, you can read all the books you want, but until you have, like, practical life experience mm. to apply it to, oh. like, it just doesn't doesn't really matter. He said, like, the self-development um, is, like, he said that this, reading the books is, like, putting the, is, like, the ornaments, and your real-life experience is, like, the Christmas tree. He said, unless you have the Christmas tree to hang the ornaments on, that you can't, you, there's nothing to hang them that's on. That's so good. And, uh yeah so it's just it and that's why like the books when we read them like i read it in college like it just didn't really i didn't understand what that meant but now it's like no that 100 like that that now that i have that life experience it's like oh that makes total oh, sense and that's something that i continue to need to continue to work on and reading the um, reading the that's even something that it's even something that claire and i uh talk about when we go to meet new friends we don't necessarily do an amazing job every time but it's like we, before we go into meeting them, it's like, okay, how are we, how do we want to show up? Like, let's just, let's observe, let's sit back, let's ask great questions. Like, let's ask great questions, ask great questions. You know, like that's how, because we, it was modeled to us by Zach and Ash, um, you know, when, in our friendship with them and just how we've grown in that relationship, like that was modeled to us of like making friends as adults, I guess. It's just asking those great questions and, and, uh, and getting to know the person and, and making them feel valued and heard. And, and that's something that we're, uh, we focus on and try to try to do better. Um, you know, every single time we meet new people. So. It's good. Good. How many people yeah. you think are going into new relationships thinking about how they want to be viewed? Yeah. Yeah. Not many, Rare. but that's, you know, we, we don't want, we, you know, we're not on the same path as most people. So. It's, uh, you know, if you want to be different, you got to do different things. That's just all there is to it. So, but I think this is a perfect segue into just, you know, you said you got these lessons from, from Zach and Ash, how they emulated that. And they taught you how to, you know, ask deeper questions and kind of develop these relationships, how you want to be viewed. It's like, we, we intentionally got on here we kind of got on a little side rant, but intentionally got on here to talk about how your network is your net worth. Again, heard that from Mr. Newsom and how we believe that the people around you, you know, have provided us, people around us at least have provided us so many lessons and opportunities and why that's just so important and the lessons we've learned. And one big major lesson, you know, a lot of it deriving from Zach and other leaders is like deeper questions, ask better questions, deriving from, from Jesus, <laughs> ask better yeah, yeah, questions yeah, to the end of the day. And that's, this is one yeah. of the biggest things. 
hundred percent. Yeah. And, and so we, thankfully like they modeled that well for us and we were able to really see that and learn that and then take this, take it into this new season where we're moving to a new place. You know, oftentimes when we were in Indy, like the people we were meeting were coming in from Twitter, you know, and, and, uh, and you didn't necessarily have to have as much intention to take the relationship deeper. I mean, you, you still did, um, but typically that's what they were coming there for. And so there was like that predetermined uh, expectation of like, hey, we're going to grow and, and take this deep when, you, when you're here. Yeah. And uh, so now coming into you know, a new place where people are not coming in at or not viewing us from that perspective, now we have to have more intention um, in, in how we show up in those and that's, interactions. So thankfully, yeah, that was modeled well. But uh, go ahead. That's everyone. Like if you're listening to this, you probably don't have a place where people are coming to seek depth. You probably just have the people around you that you already are connected with. And maybe you're trying to make new connections at church, at the gym, online, whatever. Is like if they have not came intentionally to seek depth, you're going to have to intentionally bring the depth. Like you're going to have to bring it. So just be aware of that is like, what, what is this person seeking when they are connecting with me? It's like, are they seeking depth? Are they seeking mentorship? Are they seeking a friend? I think when you understand what a person is seeking, you can understand like how to approach it, how you need to approach it and how to guide it. Like ultimately is like, what, you know, like, because I think there's a lot of times like people come in with two different expectations into a relationship. And I think that's what causes a lot of friction in guys that are listening to this. They struggle with their environment and the people around them because they have an expectation of we're going to go deeper. We're going to grow. And these other people, they don't have that expectation because they're just not on the same path. And I think this causes a lot of friction in relationships. Their expectation is, we're going to talk about sports, girls, we're going to drink, and we're going to have a good time. And I'm all for having a good time. But, you know, it's like that's where I think lines get crossed and friction is added in relationships is just because expectations are not on the same page. So it's like understand, like, those people are not bad people. They just have different expectations of the relationship than you do. And you need to find people that have the same expectations like he's talking about. Like, people came to Indy to have the expectation of seeking deeper connection. So that's what we got on the same page of. So understand like what, yeah. what are these people seeking? What are these people in your life seeking? And if they're not seeking depth, probably don't want them in your life. Yeah. And I think also some, some people you're just going to have to teach them. You're going to have to take, take them there. You're going to have to teach them. You're going to oh. have to overcome what, what their default expectations are in mm-hmm. relationships. Like you're just going to have to overcome that. And it's going to be hard. And uh, there's going to be resistance around it. And you're not always like, you're, you're going to fall into the surface level conversations. And sometimes, you know, that's okay. Like, it's just, yeah. we, we don't just walk around talking about our <laughs> deepest, darkest fears with everybody. Like we have these, you know, we, I mean, yeah, but we, you know, like we still talk about, I'm just happy the weather's warm, you know, like, um, you know, when we first started the podcast, like that's what I shared. Like we still talk about these things. Like we still have those moments you know where we just talk about whatever yeah and uh, that's that's okay but um yeah let, let's just share i guess a few lessons that are great lessons just examples that we've learned from mentors or just other people in our life that are ahead of us in a, in a certain area um you have one right off the top of your head yeah i mean your network is your net worth <laughs> 
I first learned that from from Jeremy Newsom. If you guys don't know who Newsom is, like go check him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Money grows on trees. Name of his book. Like find this guy on social media and follow this guy. This guy being in your life in any capacity, whether you're just consuming his content, getting on a you know having the opportunity to to speak to him on a phone or meeting him in person, like you want this guy in your life in any capacity. You absolutely do. So. He first, uh, I remember I was tweeted about his book. I was like, oh, this is a great book. You need to go read it. And he's like, thank you so much, brother. It means the world. And then uh, another tweet came out and somebody replied with a scarcity mindset. And I replied and I was like, you need to go read Newsom's book on abundance. And Newsom DMs me. You remember this. Newsom DMs me. And he's like, hey, man, you just want a free call with me. And that's exactly how, that's exactly <laughs> how he talks. Like, hey, man, you just got that's a free right. call with me. And I was like, yeah, he did. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was like, uh, hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. I was tweaking. He's like, when are you free? And I'm tweaking. I'm in the gym. I'm lifting with Mitch. And I'm like, oh my God, bro. I got to call Newsom. And I'm like, uh, uh, it's like a Sunday. I'm like, tomorrow at 10, Monday at 10. He's like, boom, done. So we get on and he, we first get on, we first get on and he goes, the quality of this conversation is going to be determined by the quality of your questions. I didn't have any questions prepared. I, don't have a single question I remember. I'm freaking the fuck out. Freaking the fuck out. I figure it out. Newsome, if you're listening to this, love you, bro. But I figure it out. And I ask him some good questions, and then I just ask him about him. It's like I, I know so many people that go to these these people that they look up to, and they just ask for all this value. It's like just ask, 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 ask. And someone who's been in that seat before now, I have people asking me for value, 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 value. It's like you can you could be different and you can stand out in these people's eyes when you just take genuine interest in them. So I just asked him like, "What do you do for fun?" Like, "What do you do for fun, bro?" So he's telling me, and we, you know we developed a bit of a relationship from there. And hell, we've been texting back and forth for the last two years on and off, of course. But um, yeah, that's the first one. It's a funny story there, but network is your net worth, yeah. and it's powerful. It truly is. No, oh, it's uh, it's so true. Uh, yeah, just to reiterate, just the type of person he is, he texted me the other day before your guys' uh, uh, retreat and just said, hey, champion, hope you're doing amazing and incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny, I love what's it. funny is I we go it. to this leadership class on Monday in Nashville after the retreat, and these, this guy, he meets us. He has no idea who we are. He's like, yeah, just you guys are like friends of Newsom. Like, that's how you got here, friends of Newsom? We're like, yeah, we're friends of Newsom. He goes, Wow. He goes, what a guy. He said, he said, when he sends me those messages, he's like, I'm sure he sends them to you too. We're like, yeah, yeah. He's like, when he sends me those messages, I'm always like, you, you like need money or something. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just so funny to hear a guy that we had just met. We have no idea who this guy is. Newsom is the same. He lives boldly as himself unapologetically. That's another thing I've learned from him is he is boldly him, unapologetically him, no matter his environment does not matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got one? Yeah. One story, one story that comes to mind, um, was my first, it was my first professional job and I had a great boss. Thankfully, his name is Mundar. If you're listening, Mundar in 2024, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) That was a reference to a previous pod. If you haven't listened to all of our pods, go listen to all of them. You gotta get the inside scoop. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I was, I mean, I was what, 19 years old. This is my first professional setting job. Like other than that, I just mowed lawns, you know, that was it. 
And, um, and so I was a part-time, part-time basically intern, if you will, uh, for the team, for a specific team. And, uh, I got an, he was giving me an opportunity to do a bigger project and, you know, it comes with more responsibility. Um, it, but it also required me to be in the same rooms with people who were two, three levels above me as an intern, you know, and even two, three levels above him as my boss. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, I'm a young, young guy. Like I, I don't fully even know what I'm doing yet. I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I, ha- I'm like, Oh, I have a good memory. Like I don't need to take notes, you know, I'll, I'll be good. And so I go into, I go into a meeting. He, he connects me with a guy from a different department. That's like, mm. again, two, three levels above him. Like it is like this time, this guy's time is valuable. Like you don't want to fuck around. You want to come prepared. You want to make sure that you get out of it what you need, and then you go. And he goes, and like that—that's it. Like his time is way more valuable than sitting here, um, you know, messing around with an intern. So, um, so I go into the meeting. I have specific pieces of information that I need from this guy, and um, so I get that information, and. Um, and, and we leave the meeting and a couple hours later, I think I went to lunch or so, something happened in between, you know, between following that meeting. And when I came back to actually work on the project, uh, with the inf- new information that I had, and, um, I did not take notes during the meeting and I had no clue what the guy said. I, I forgot, I forgot the, yeah, I forgot the information that he, he shared. Um, and so I was like, fuck, like, so I, I went to my boss and I was like, Hey, cause he was in the meeting with me. And I was like, Hey, what did he say on this? Uh, I can't remember exactly specifically what it was and just expecting him to bail me out if you will. I mean, that's essentially what it was. And, uh, he goes, I don't know, figure it out. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that changed me forever that specific moment of him just saying he knew what that he was teaching me a lesson in that moment uh, and he just said i don't know figure it out mm. and that is literally all that i do every single fucking day now <laughs> you know and being a business owner like you don't know but you go figure it out mm. whatever it is like you gotta if you gotta ask someone a question if you gotta do some research whatever it is like you just figure it out and that is a lot of life you know, that is a lot of life. And, um, that was, that will stick with me forever. Um, that lesson that day, I don't remember how I went about figuring it out afterwards, but I will just never forget that lesson of like, one, come prepared, <laughs> you know, take, take notes, you know, be professional and, and, you know, and, uh, be organized, but also whenever you need to, you just got to figure it out, whatever it is. F-I-O. Um, and so, yeah, FIO, that's right. That's, uh, I think that was my college baseball coach. I think he's the one who said that FIO whenever you, um, I don't know anyways, but, uh, yeah, so that'll stick with me forever. Um, you know, I always now write down whatever I take away from meetings or, uh, action items, et cetera. Like every single time I had a meeting after that, I sent a follow-up email with a summary of here's what we talked about. Here's what we agreed on was going to happen. Here's what my action items are. Here's what your action items are. 
and here's when they're going to be done by. And uh, that just helped give me that clarity. It helped me become a better leader, uh, you know, a better uh, just business person overall. So um, good. But, Hayden's been yeah, doing another, that. Another lesson. Nice. Love it. Another lesson that comes to mind, and uh, this one is from Dad. Hmm. I don't even know if I've ever even shared it with him, and I don't even know how I remember it uh, because it was when we were kids, and he would uh, – we either rode the bus or he would take us to school last minute. <laughs> you know, like it would be, we missed the bus. Dad, we need you to take us to school. And he worked nights. Yeah. Um, so he would get off work at like 6 a.m., and then he would come home, and that's when we would be getting up to get ready for school. So like he was trying to go to bed, you know, like he hadn't slept. He had just got off work for 12 hours, uh, working the night shift. And like he, we were supposed to be on the bus going to school so he could get, get sleep and then pick us up from school, you know, when we were done. And uh, yeah, so I, I remember I always hated, one hated school, of course. I hated getting out of bed, hated getting ready for school. And so if I got out of bed on time, I would just get in the shower and just like stand in the shower forever, <laughs> you know. I mean, we to- both totally do this. Um, oh, do I, this. I would just stand there. Did this. I mean, I still chill in the shower for a while. I love showers. Not but, uh, anyway, elevate thirty when they're freezing. Huh? Not bring elevate thirty this challenge when they're freezing showers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep going. Keep going. But um, yeah, so I. I would just sit there and it would make me late often because I would just sit there and do not, you know, do nothing. And I just wouldn't want to get out of the warm shower. And there was one time, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was probably like 10, 11, 12. I don't know. Somewhere in there. And dad came in to the bathroom to make sure that I was getting re- like still progressing to getting ready to make the bus. And, uh, and I wasn't, I was just laying down in the shower or something, <laughs> sitting down and he goes, I don't know. I just, like I said, I have no idea how I remember this. But he said, Bub, because that's what he called me, Bub. He said, you don't have to move fast, but you just need to keep moving. And that will always stick with me. Mm. I have no idea why. I, I don't even know that I've told him this. I don't. I don't think I have. You've you've shared this uh, but before. It, I would. Uh, I believe on the podcast. Maybe, maybe, but it was just something that will always stick with me. Of like, you don't need to move fast, but you need to keep moving. And I, I think that I think that's totally, totally helpful and just a big lesson for me in life of just keep moving. It doesn't doesn't matter if it's fucking painstakingly slow, hard difficult, you know, whatever it is, mm. just keep moving. Just keep moving. Another lesson I've gotten, we've gotten from our grandpa, Dadud, is <laughs> this is this is a big lesson. And I was talking to Shout out to Dud if you're listening in 2024. He'll be listening. Um, but this is a big lesson and we got this just drilled into us. And it's the lesson of do it right or do it again. Um, and that we would, we would go help our grandpa all the time, whether it was with woodwork or projects or just stuff he needed around the house. Like we would go help him all the time. He'd pay us some cash. You know, we were young kids, whatever. 
but he would, you know, say we were splitting wood. That was a project we did often for him. We'd be splitting wood and stacking it. And like, he would go away for like an hour or I don't know, go inside and do something for like an hour and come back. And if it wasn't done to the expectation that you knew, like you knew the expectation it needed to be done to, you knew his expectation and you knew, you know, it was your own expectation. But if you tried to cut a single corner, if you tried to do anything to cut the corners, it was restart, restart, do it over again, complete restart. It was do it right or do it again. And it forced us to just start doing things right the first time. And we would even have conversations as we were about to cut a corner. We'd be like, nope, he's going to make us restart. Let's just get it over with and let's just do it right. And so we started, you know, doing it again, cost us three times, four times the amount of time rather than if we just did it right the first time. So we started to realize that. And I think that that lesson Mm -hmm. carries with us today because it's true. It's like, if you don't do it right, you're going to have to do it again. Eventually with the dud, it was just in that moment whenever he came back. And I think today, you know, it may be in a year, it may be in two years it may be in five years, like whatever, but eventually you're going to have to do it again. And we just learned that lesson from him. And it's, it's so prominent in my mind all the time. And I was just sharing it this past weekend and just do it right or do it again. And yeah, I've got, I've got one other lesson. If, if you don't have any, I think you, you we got to wrap up. You got, yeah. Final, final lesson here. Um, final lesson is from Nick, who I'm about to get on this call with from Nick is a leader is someone whom people choose to follow. And this one has been so big is because you're only as much of a leader as many people as you have choosing to follow you. Like I used to just think, you know, just the leaders, they just ascend. They're the leaders. Like you, you know, I'm going to be the leader. Like that was it. And the title, the title. Yeah. Just, and, and I've seen it inside like companies, like you put people in positions of leadership whom, everyone else doesn't choose to follow and it just causes a ton of friction and issues, relationships and business, whatever. And it's like leaders are someone whom people choose to follow. And then asking yourself, if you're a leader listening to this, like he, he brought the next question of why do people choose to follow you? Is it because of X, Y, Z? Like, what is it? Why do people choose to follow you now? Or why should they? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's been a powerful one. Yeah, but, but yeah, about to jump on. If you on. ask yourself that, if you ask yourself that question enough, you'll become a great leader. Why? Why should other people follow me? And if you have reasons to to be followed, then you probably will be a good leader. But uh, if you are like, well, I don't really have anything, then that's, you know where you gotta focus. That's so that, so that's funny. a great question. I love that. As at this leadership course we were at on uh, in Nashville. One of the guys, he said, this new identity, you know, you're trying to build as a leader, like say whatever the new identity is, someone who's healthy, let's say, if you go from unhealthy to healthy, why am I a healthy person? Why do I have this new identity? Why? And he said, your brain will start to search for the answers to build that undeniable proof. Like we talked about last episode, go listen to that if you haven't. It's like your brain will start to search Mm -hmm. and build that case study against why you have that new identity so if you're trying to drill and solidify a new identity ask yourself why you have that new identity if you can't come up with the answers that's your reason why you don't have the identity but yeah we got to jump over here i got some 
important shit to move along to, but we appreciate you guys jumping on, listening. This was a valuable episode. I know it was, so go ahead and share it with the homies. Share it with your friends. Share it with those people you're trying to have the deep relationships. Maybe share it with that mentor who's provided you a valuable lesson. Share this with somebody. That's how we grow the show. We get on here. We do this completely free. We sip our coffee. We talk just to provide you guys value. So the value you can provide us, leave us a review and share this thing. Peace and love from the Super More Bros.